0: Have you ever watched a soccer match? Wouldn't it be interesting, really chaotic if they were to remove both of the goalposts and you just saw a group of people just running around chasing a ball? Is that kind of what we do when we don't set goals for our finances and we just hope that we can move it around and kind of exist? And just hope maybe we'll get it goal. Well, friend, we have been doing Financial Literacy 101 with Kevin. And what we've done now is we've identified a starting point. If you watched episode one and two, please do that. If you've done it, kudos to you. Then you know your financial personality type. That was our beginning point. And we were exhorted or we were inspired by Kevin that we all need a plan, which he calls a budget. So today we're working on the in-between. How do we get from point A to our goals? And we need to write our goals down. So we're not stabbing in the dark or just shooting a ball nowhere. We need to identify our goals and write it down. Then as we work today, we know what we're working towards. So this episode is a work episode. We're about to apply. We're about to be more than hearers, we're going to be doers. Kevin's going to lead us in the basics of having a plan, a setup. What do you need? Get ready. You need something to write with and to write on. You may even need a calculator. We're going to do some basics so that we have our plans in hand to refer to. And then there's a little conversation leading us into our maybe last episode in the series, or maybe the next to last one. That's going to depend on you and the questions you might have. Welcome back. Where are you? You know where you are. If you're a friend, distant DNA relative, life and faith chats, of course. This is the podcast where we use the number one best selling book in the world, the Bible, to inform and enlighten and help us walk and live in the life that God purposed, and gifted us with. And we also have special guests to educate us so that we can continue being victorious in every area of our lives. I am privileged and blessed to have my son with me, one of my sons, and he has been our special guest for this series, Financial Literacy 101. Welcome, friends. If you're new, welcome. Come and join us. We're friends and we're family. We're so happy to have you. Again, this is Life and Faith Chats. And if you're watching on YouTube, it's a place for joy. If you're listening, it's Life and Faith Chats. Same person, same host. I am your host, Joy. And this is my son, Kevin. Welcome, Kevin.
1: Hey, Mom, thanks for having me.
0: Kevin has his degree in finance and he has a number of years where he worked as an investment analyst, and he's sharing some of his knowledge and wisdom with us. I am blessed to have you, son. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's a blessing to be here. Thank Thank you so much. So today, what are we doing? So today, I would just like to go through a
1: type of personal financial statement that we can use to understand kind of the flow of money um, in and out of our our financial lives. And so I just want to walk through that. And hopefully we can see where we're spending money and get an overall picture of how money flows in and out of our control and use that to kind of direct ourselves uh, towards our financial goals. So that's what I want to walk through today.
0: Okay. All right. So, friends, here's my pad, and you can use a digital device. And in fact, Kevin, um, I had asked him. He said you could use Google Sheets, Excel, and if you are an Apple person, there's Numbers. Numbers is um, the app. Well, is already preloaded. Numbers is what you use, I guess, in place of Excel. And they are pre-loaded um, templates that you could use. Kevin, please go ahead.
1: Yeah, so to start off and kind of to tie to some of our earlier discussions, um, once we kind of establish those target goals, and for example, it could be you want to pay down on your debts or you want to buy a house, a new car, some of those, those goals, um, having kind of a, a target amount that you need and also a time is key. So just making sure those goals are measurable. But moving onwards, once we've established kind of those measurable goals and assigned a specific date and maybe a certain amount of money we'd like to have, then we need to figure out what are we currently doing with our money and then proceed from there. So to start off, I want to walk through kind of a, a cash flow statement. So this just shows the money coming in and the money going out. And I would like to break it up into four components. So we'll start with income. And I can share my screen to give you guys an example of the template that I would like to use um, to really break apart each of these elements of this cash flow statement. So let me share my screen. Okay, can you see my screen?
0: Yes. If you can make it as large as possible, okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like how you had it the other way, it seemed clearer.
1: Uh, which other way? Okay. So here's just the overall summary, which will break apart each component. So, starting off on the left hand side, we have our income summary. And so it just shows um, the money that can be made via our salary or our primary income. And also things like, you know, bonuses, side hustles, anything you do in addition to the money you make on your job is ultimately what adds up. And that's your,
0: your income total. Okay. So, when we start our first Heading is income. Correct. Okay. All right. All right. Our first heading is income. And we're going to, for the sake of walking through and just being very basic, we're going to divide this up monthly and annually.
1: Correct. You can break things up more granularly if you get paid weekly or even daily. Um, It all depends on you. But for right now, we'll just keep things simple and only focus on. Annually and monthly so moving on to expenses, which is kind of a big area for a lot of folks the the this is. The usually areas are the things that we have to take care of and oftentimes it can be overwhelming if we're not properly assessing things and aware of how much we're spending but. Uh, as, expenses in this case referring to those essential things those ex, essential items that we have to pay for. Um, on a, a daily, sometimes monthly or annually basis. So I'm talking about paying taxes, paying your, your rent, your mortgage, your insurance, any type of utilities like water, gas, electric. That's what I focus on here. So unfortunately, no uh, Disney Plus accounts or Netflix streaming, all that stuff. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider that essential. I would consider that discretionary. And we can talk about that category next, but for right now it's just listing out those essential items they have to take care of for. It. Again, I have some examples on screen, whether it's rent, groceries, paying for your internet, utilities of, of any type, um, your health ex- expenses, all that stuff is what we're gonna focus on here. And make sure you're able to break it apart and quantify each category that you spend your money on.
0: Okay, so we have income, then we have expenses. Okay, and then next?
1: And the next group is discretionary spending. So all the fun things that we like to do outside of the essential things like going out to eat, traveling, buying gifts, Um, entertainment, shopping, um, club memberships, things like that, um, that aren't essential, but that are nice to have. And so this is where you would put, you know, any type of streaming services, whether it's Netflix, Disney Plus, or other activities that are nice, but you could go
0: without. Okay. So internet and internet goes under essentials. Netflix schools under discretionary. Yes. Okay.
1: All right. And lastly, I would consider this to be, the, you know, kind of the most important bucket, which is your savings. And going back to the reason why I wanted to break out some of those essential expenses is because I believe people need to start off first with an emergency savings fund. And a, a good general tip is to have at least six to 12 months of savings uh, stored or ready to pay down those essential expenses. So if there's ever any, you know, personal financial challenges or job loss or any type of loss of income, at least your savings will be able to hold you steady for several months to a year in the event, you know, something unfortunate happens. Okay. But in addition to just general emergency savings, I'd also include in this category investments. So short-term investments, long-term investments, like things like your retirement account, all that stuff that people need to start thinking about and really ensuring that they're putting money aside for the future and even sometimes, even shorter-term things like certain types of savings accounts that can earn you higher interest rates than a, a normal account would or just having cash.
0: Okay. And when you say it's just, just to go off, to be clear, when you say certain kinds of savings accounts that can earn you a higher rate. Give me one example.
1: One example is a CD, a certificate of deposit. Okay. So these are short-term type of accounts that you can open that will earn you at least a little bit more than if you just left your money in a checking account.
0: Okay. All right. So this is something that any, do you have to have a certain amount?
1: You do, and it varies. Some CDs, there are no minimums. Others particularly some things like jumbo CDs. Um, and I don't want to get too technical, but uh, okay. there are some that require minimums that could be uh, a few thousand or, or higher. So it, it depends on which type and okay. you know, who's offering it.
0: All right. We, we want to know so that our money is working for us and we're not just working and not reaping the benefits. We're tired with that. I need to ask you something. This is a faith-based podcast. So we are exhorted We are really commanded, really, because it wasn't a suggestion from the Lord that we're supposed to tithe, give of our first fruits. So where would that go? Is that going under essentials? Is not going as income coming in because it's supposed to be going out to honor the Lord. So does that go as essentials or discretionary? And I'm putting you on the spot.
1: Mm -hmm. I personally believe it is essential because we are commanded by the Lord to to give our money and it's not just because he needs it, but he wants us to bless others. And really it's a way for us to to give really to people and to help out and to spread um, the message and the love and the gospel that he has. So there, there are various ways you can do that. But um, I personally would consider it essential. However, I can understand those who perhaps disagree. And so for those people, maybe it's discretionary. So it really all depends on the individual. But if, if you also believe that it's something that you're compelled to do, then consider it essential, if not, it's discretionary.
0: Okay. And a person could also have, um, in terms of savings to put aside to have maybe like a charity account in terms of helping and giving. I mean, and I'm putting that as additional with tithes and offerings again, being yes. and in terms of wisdom, that's also the way the Lord supernaturally protects what we own. So that's an exhortation to my friends and distant DNA cousins that is wise to tie. Okay, please continue.
1: It is. And the key thing is, no matter how you label it, just make sure you factor it into your budget or factor it into your finances just so you can have the money set aside depending on when and how you choose to give. I like that. But to, to bring all these things together, so we looked at income, we looked at expenses, we looked at some of our discretionary spending, and then lastly, our savings and what we want to do with our money long term. And just going back to kind of the first thing that we looked at, it really is just trying to bring everything together to give us an idea of how much money is coming in or out. And so in the top left corner, you can see in this particular example that we have that this person is earning at least $1,600 net of everything. So once they've put money aside for, the core expenses like rent, food, all that stuff. Once they also put some money aside for savings, and even have some, you know, extra money to do things like discretionary spending, like shopping, traveling, all that stuff. This gives a final picture to let that this person know that they're at least bringing money in, and that they're not losing money. And I think that's key, especially um, if you're heading into hard economic times, or there's ever a period where perhaps um, money won't be as readily available or accessible to you, uh, making sure that in good times that you're still saving money and have excess money to perhaps prepare for whatever challenges may come ahead.
0: Okay, so this person is bringing in money. Now, switch that around slightly and let's go to discretionary. Just show me how this person could be losing money.
1: Yes. So, say you know someone eats out all the time, or they spend far more money on, you know, uh, shopping. Maybe they go a little bit too crazy on Amazon. Then, as you can see, now this person is losing money over yeah. this period of time.
0: little cash flow to date. Okay, they're losing.
1: And so it's it's good just to see and create budgets and templates like this, just so we can know how little changes affect our overall finances.
0: Okay, that's that's very. I'm sorry, you wanted to
1: say something. No, it's just that you know a lot of people unfortunately fall into the category and there's nothing wrong with it. We, We all struggle with money and how it impacts our emotions. And so if you're ever in the position where perhaps you're losing money, it's okay. I think a lot of us have already been there. And even if you're in this position now, it's more about just making small changes. So perhaps maybe instead of dining out all the time. Maybe you can save a little bit more, eat in. And just like that, you can have your money right back and it can be working for you in other ways.
0: Okay, All right. How can we get a copy of what you are using just as a template for people who don't have it or friends who don't have it? What what can we do to get this template?
1: Mm-hmm. This is something I can, I will share with you. And of course, if any of your listeners Or subscribers would like it, then they could reach out to you. Or we can also, um, I can upload this and and share a link, so anyone can access it at any time they would like
0: to. Okay. And for people who are not watching and cannot see it, this is where did you get this from? For the for those who are listening, maybe they're driving and listening to us. Where can you get this from? Mm -hmm. That we are looking at.
1: Well, first, I would encourage people who are listening, thank you for supporting by listening, but also watch. It's always helpful to see things visually. And so I would encourage you definitely to watch as well. And in terms of still giving access to you, I think the key thing is just providing a link or if you have Excel and some other type of spreadsheet software, they oftentimes have templates. So if you open up a new workbook, um, they have templates for if you have the latest version of Excel and you can look up personal budgeting items and in addition to this particular template, there are more simple ones, more complex ones. It really all depends on what you need and would like. But yes, there are pre-made templates made by Excel and other platforms.
0: Okay. And you told me in terms of backstory that people also need to be careful or wise about where they get templates like this from. So could you please tell us, uh, suggest what we should look out for as we do these to plug
1: Yes, I would say definitely stick with whatever, you know, Microsoft produces either on their website or directly in Excel. Um, there are some third party providers who may have something that you can either pay for or perhaps they may offer it for free. But I would say just be a little cautious. There's no need to spend any extra money. And if you do, you can put it on your budget or um, just trust Excel just because or trust Microsoft just because it's probably a bit more vetted and you don't have to worry about any viruses or anything else.
0: Okay, And to watch out for third parties, just in case if it sounds too good to be true, just watch out as we head, just as we end um, this episode and we have a working document, friends, for us to use for us to have our budget. We're not just talking about it. We have something now we have headings to put into our budgets. We need income what's coming in our um, salary side hustles, um, pensions, our income dividends, Um, then we have um, expenses, then we have um, discretionary spending, and last we have savings and we have different categories. So it's something for us to be able to work on and a model, a template for us to have to use. And um, Kevin has told us where we can get them from. If you don't want to do pencil and paper, which isn't a bad idea, you can use one of these um, templates from Excel again, from um, Google Sheets or Apple person. Remember you can use numbers, just look it up, it's there. And as we move into this, I know, All sorts of things have been happening on the stock market, not because that's where my expertise is, but things have been happening and we know about inflation and things. So just as bringing it together, as we move in these times of uncertainty, I know that um, you said the saying that people used to say cash is king. But now with inflation, the king is kind of (laughs) being unsteady. (laughs) So what is something that we can do to be wise?
1: Yes. So to answer at least the first about the stock market you know, during periods of volatility or perhaps uh, in situations where there's expected uh, future stock market declines, I would say for the people who aren't investing, that's good, but just exercise extreme caution um, when you're heading into you know, downturns or economic declines. Um, nothing wrong with investing, but just being patient and then tying in with the whole cash is king thing. The idea there that a lot of professionals use is during times of you know challenging times to sit in cash to to kind of wait and avoid losses. And the only challenge to add on inflation is that you know with high inflation, of course, that erodes the purchasing power of your cash. But to offset that, um, there are other ways that you can. Do things and think alternatively, and you can, of course, invest or perhaps buy, you know, resources, whether it be things like, you know, precious metals. Um, those those have always been inflation hedges, or making sure you have even things like, you know, personal items, um, food, medicine, uh, water. Those, those things are essential as well in, in periods of economic decline. And so, it's just in addition to whatever cash you have, just make sure you have uh, essential items that you need. And of course. Other things like land,
0: precious metals, those things also are very valuable. Okay. So we will talk a little bit more about the stock market. And this is our next episode. And um, just beginning basic principles of investing. And we're also going to talk about what Kevin said. At this period, we're investing in other things, Um, looking at signs We need to be warned and prepared. Um, When the Lord told Noah to build an ark, it didn't rain right away. So in terms of wisdom and preparing, this may be the time that we start thinking differently and doing things differently. And I want us to talk more about that for our next episode. And we need you to come back. Thank you so much for joining, Kevin and me. We're so grateful. Thank you for all of your encouragement. Um, Even those of you who have taken the time to leave comments or thumbs up. We're so grateful to you. Um, I pray that you have been blessed by this and enlightened. And um, we really appreciate you. Please share. Come back with a friend. And once again, thank you from kevin and me. we'll see you next friday we wish you god's peace thank you kevin
1: thanks mom